the Lord as you take your seats. Amen. Oh, the, 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 the clap is, is, is sick. I said the clap is sick. The clap is unwell. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, you have me tonight. <laughs> oh, but hasn't Pastor Gloria blessed us? Oh, if she has blessed you indeed, then show some appreciation. Amen. I think Evans is the only one who has been really blessed. The rest of, because he added a shout to it. The rest of you are like, uh, Hallelujah. You see? You see, my point exactly. He's the only one clapping. Amen. I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Yeah, I've been blessed. You know, anytime I tell her that, she doesn't like it. But, you know, some, if I'm invited to a place, I, I, I go there and then she comes after me. They don't invite me again. <laughs> because she's too powerful. Hallelujah. I hope you won't sack me. <laughs> <laughs> very soon okay alright that's if I don't sack you before 2 Timothy 4 2 Timothy chapter number 4 verses number 1 to 5 2 Timothy 4 verses 1 to 5 before we read the scripture I want to just give you a little background and the background goes a little like this um, if I were to tell you that you have only 10 minutes or 15 minutes to live, what would be, and I gather your children in a room, I gather your children, spiritual, biological, whatever children in a room to you, what would be the pressing, the, 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 you have, mind you, you have only 15 minutes. Isn't it? Are you listening? I said, are you listening? Yeah. All right. So you have 15 minutes to die, to ex exhale your last final breath. What is it that you will say to them? It's your final epitaph, if you like. It's your final uh, uh, speech to your children. Are you thinking about it? Is anybody thinking about what I'm saying? Don't, you don't have to say anything to anybody. Just think about it. Would it include, um, you know, so my, my uh, car, you know, make sure that you do the MOT. And make sure that you change the, the ties once uh, every, every other year. You change the ties. And you see, uh, Mrs. Uh, 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 Amete Webler owes me two pounds. Make sure you go and collect it. And, and when you collect it, give one pound to uh, Auntie Sophia because I owe Auntie Sophia one pound. And the one pound you can keep. Is it, that, is it some of the things that will come into your mind? Why, 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 why don't you think? Huh? Chico, what, what do you say? Is, that, is it one of the, oh, my camera, my camera. My, I have my camera at the repairs, repair shop. Go and collect it. And, and I've already paid him. So when he asks you for another man, don't give it to him. Just collect the camera and bring it home. And then make sure you do your homework. Hallelujah. So, with this backdrop, I want you to see Paul has done so much. He has written about a third of the New Testament. He had preached to so many different, he had undertaken more than four missionary trips and raised so many churches for, for, for I mean, up and so many spiritual children, so many deacons, bishops, apostles, prophets that he had raised up. And now he's about to check out. And so his final letter to his spiritual uh, son who had been with him the most. If you read the, the, to, to, to the end of this particular 
uh, chapter, you realize that he talks about people that have, be, have left him, people that were mean to him, spiritual children that turned against him. He was talking about all those type of people. Are, are you getting it? So it's his last chapter, his last word that he's about to give to his spiritual son. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Someone say preach the word. Preach the word. Or say it like you mean it. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desire, because they, are, they have itchy ears or itching ears, they will heap for them, up for themselves teachers and they will turn their hearts away, their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. Can you see that it's happening now? Oh, can you see that it's happening now? But you, somebody say, but you. Somebody say, but me. Or say it like, like you mean it, say, but me. Because when you point at you, uh, three, three of the fingers are pointed back at you, isn't it? So instead of saying, but you, it is not by you. He's talking to us. Amen. Because Timothy is not around. Timothy is not in this room. So he's not talking to Timothy. He's talking to you and I. Are you with me? He says, but, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Someone say, do the work of an evangelist. This is the great commission, isn't it? Which Jesus, the master, gave to all of us. So he's saying to his spiritual son, do the work of an evangelist. And then he says that fulfill your ministry. I like the, the original King James. It says make foolproof of your ministry. And that happens to be the title of my teachings for the next few Wednesdays. Make full proof of thy ministry. Say to somebody, make full proof of your ministry. Or oh, say it like you mean it. Say, make full proof of your ministry. If I command somebody, make full proof of your ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, before I come to making full proof of one's ministry... Let's, let's go through what he said what, um, as, as uh, an introduction to the topic that we are looking at. He says, preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. He didn't say do miracles. He didn't say give lot of numbers. Oh, let me preach my, my message and go home. He didn't say that do unnecessary miracles that will attract people with itchy ears and itchy eyes. But his first instruction to his spiritual son was not build a house, was not buy a car, was not even marry. Because we are not told whether Timothy was married at this time. Are you with me? I, I, I put myself in Paul's place. And I'm thinking if, if I am about to leave. And I am talking to any of my spiritual children. What is the first thing that I will say? Would I say, oh, uh, you are not yet married. Make sure you marry. And make sure that you finish, you know, I uh, bought a land at, uh, on, on, the, on the M62. Make sure that you build a six-bedroom apartment. No. He said, preach the word. Amen. 
So in all our spiritual endeavors and all our endeavors, we must make sure that we preach the word. Amen. Then he goes on to say, be ready in season and out of season. This is all part of the preaching of the word. Then he says to Timothy, in preaching the word, make sure you convince people. Are you with me? In the, in the old, in the, in the King James, it's a reproof. That means convince. Then the second thing is rebuke. Convince means that you wouldn't have done otherwise. But because he has said something, now you have changed your mind and you are going to do it. So, you remember what he said in Romans 12, to say that beseech you brethren by the message of the living God that you present your body. And then he goes, he says that even what that's verse 1. Verse 2. He says that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by a changing of your mind. How can your mind change? Your mind changes when the word is preached to convince you. Which means that it is not every message that you will agree to with your old thinking. I don't think you understand you understood what I'm saying. If all the time, every message, yes, 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 then it means you are not being convinced. Because to be convinced means that you disagreed otherwise at the beginning, but now you agree. Are you with me? So you are now convinced because of what was preached to you. So he's saying to Timothy, when you preach in your preaching, make sure you convince people. People who think that I cannot do. Tell them I can do all things through Christ. Convince them that they can do it. People that feel that they are are, are sinful and they cannot amount to anything. Tell them that your righteousness is not of you but it's of God. Convince them to understand that they can do something in the kingdom. Convince them. Then the second thing he says that make sure you reprove, you rebuke. Rebuke means... To correct sharply. Sharply, sharply. You do you understand? To make somebody say, stop it. Sharply. The word must. The word must hit you, and you must feel like mm, today they gave it to me fully. I got lashes. I got lashed. Have you ever been to church? They preached. Your your ears were very hot. You you you, you were like this throughout the, the message. You couldn't you couldn't. Say amen. You are like this, and you like the like somebody was blowing hot air around your ear, and you felt very, 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 very. You felt very condemned. You felt like I wish I was not here. How many know what I'm talking about? Only it's only one person it's happened to. Yeah. So if you go to a church and all you hear is blessing, all you hear is blessing, how Satan will be killed, how your mother-in-law who has been chasing you, will, nothing's ever your fault. Everything is everybody else's fault but yours. It's not the full gospel. Because in all the preaching, some must rebuke you. Amen. Then some to exalt or encourage, inspire. The word must also inspire you. What you didn't think you could do, the word should make you now think that I can run a million miles. Amen. How many, it's like we've come from camp and you feel that now I can do a lot of things. I can do, I've become one. Yeah, because you have been exalted. Are you getting it? You after a message, you feel like, wow, now I can do this, I can do this. No, I'm not doing enough. I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this. Yes, then you, the, the word, the full gospel has been preached to you. So now you feel convinced, rebuked, and encouraged. With all long suffering, with, with that, with all patience. Peter said in first Peter. 
for me to say the same things to you is not grievous at all. Verse chapter 1. He said, for me to say it is not grievous to you, but for you it is safe that I say the same thing and say the same thing. Do you know that sometimes it's very boring when you have preached the same message 200 times. You have preached it, preached it, and the people are not hearing, and you still have to preach it. You think you are tired of hearing. I'm tired of preaching it. Yeah. But he, Peter said that for me to say the same things, it's not grievous, but for you, it is safe. Yeah. You always want to hear new things. You always want to hear new things. How, how, how Satan is doing this, this to you. Uh, have you not realized that these days, the messages that have come, it's all about how you can, uh, the devil won't get you how your, your, your work will prosper, how everything will work for you. How many know what I'm talking about? No, that is not a full gospel. You are riding high, you are doing, no, no, no. Sometimes the, the, the message must beat you. Sometimes it must correct you. Sometimes it must convince you to do something you weren't doing before. And then sometimes it, it lifts you up. Amen. Amen. And the pastor has to be patient to do all these things. Preach with patience. Yeah. Be, 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 be patient. Be patient. That is why you see, you, you, if you see, uh, like in, in, the, in this church with me, you realize that the way I preach here and the way I preach outside is two different things. Yeah. Because when I am here, I am bound by this verse to do all three or four. <laughs> Are you with me? But when I'm outside, I just give lollipop. Exhortation. I give, uh, what do you call it, popcorn. Have you not realized that every uncle is nice? Every grandmother, every grandmother and uncle, they are nice. When they come, they give ice cream, they give popcorn, they give chocolate. But daddy will never give you chocolate. Yeah. He will give you, give you broccoli and things like that to eat. Yeah. When, when, I, I, when I lived in London, when I lived in London, my, my nephews and nieces, my, my nephews and nieces were, were, were younger then. Every weekend, they would be crying and crying. When is Uncle Chris coming to pick us? When is Uncle Chris coming to pick us? And when they see me, they hear my car come, they're excited, packing and everything. Because when they come to my house, it's all McDonald's. It's all KFC. Sleep whenever you want to sleep. Wake up whenever you want to wake up. So there was so much freedom. They couldn't wait to pack their things to come. And my sisters too, it was their freedom to at least let the noisy children out of, at least give us a break. And I also love to have them. Because I, I love children. I love children around me. So, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm having, I'm having more children. Don't worry. I'm going to have more children. Very soon you see, when I'm coming, my children are coming plenty. Triplets. When you have your children, bring them to me. I'll keep them. They are also mine. Hallelujah. Don't spoil my message. Let me preach. When you were preaching, I didn't spoil your messages. I was sitting there very quietly. Ah, so you are revenging. The Bible says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, it's, it's, it's good to have fun in church. It says that for the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine. The time will come that people will not want to hear the truth. They want to hear anything and everything but the truth. Amen. But, uh, 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 and, and, and they will make for themselves pastors who will preach what they want to hear. These days, it's like the, the members of the church detect what the pastors must preach. 
Because, you see, when you are preaching certain messages, the church empties. People don't come on Sundays. When you start a certain topic, I know a topic that if I start right now, the church will empty. Oh, yeah, I know. I've been doing this job for a while. <laughs> I, I start preaching that kind of message. The, the, if I want the seats to clear, I, I start the, that message. You see that coming to church will be very challenging for you. There are no other type of messages and other type of things that I start doing. The room before, yeah, that one too. I know how to do that one. The place will be full right now. Joy overflow. Yeah. My, 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 my pastor friend was saying that when he put my picture on his uh, advert that I'm coming for the camp, the number multiplied. Because I'm coming. There will be joy. There will be magic. There will be magic. Yeah. We can do the magic. But the magic is not what you need. I said the magic is not what you need. You know, the one you, you touch and then you fall there, then you roll here, then somebody screaming and somebody screaming there. It's nice. But it doesn't really build you up. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So I reserve it for different places. <laughs> Amen. They will not want to hear sound doctrine. It's all about you are not guilty. Is Satan and everybody else that is doing you. So how God is going to come out with a big stick and lash all of them and then promote you. No. That is not it. Say to somebody, that's not it. Amen. Preaching some gospel, that is not the gospel. I mean, the prophet can't even say John 3.16. <laughs> anyway so they, 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 they just start to it's always I see it's always I see it says go and bring something and I'll do something for you Listen, anybody who tells you that go and bring something and let me do something for you that is an occult one or a fetish priest you don't need to bring anything for anybody to do anything for you. Preach it, Pastor. Yeah. When I was younger, there were a lot of fetish malams around the system. Now all the malams have churches. They're all pastors and prophets. Yeah. How many know what I'm talking about? You see, the, the malam, when you go, they, they, they have a certain place, they, they, some very dirty place with some things, they hang in there and everything. When you come and sit, sit uh, uh, around there, yeah, ring the bell, ring the bell. <laughs> then, then they will say something. Then they will tell you, this is the problem that you came with. Isn't it? And then they will say that it's okay, it's okay. Give me. Give. <laughs> Collect this for me. <laughs> See, you are trying. You are trying to spoil my message. They, 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 will, they, will, they will tell you why you came. The, the, the one, the good fetish priest is the one that tells you what you came, the problem you came with. Not the one that says, tell me what you, your problem. No, no. They are not correct. Pro- proper fetish. Yeah. But the one that will tell you why you came and who is behind what you are, the problem you are bringing. Today, they are saying those things are prophecies. They've turned that into prophecy. But it's the same thing. They're using familiar spirits. Yeah. And they find a few, one or two Bible quotations and some long stories and long things and then they, they just collect money because it's more lucrative that way. Amen. But you, somebody say, but you. But you, be watchful in all things. 
endure hardness. You see, when, when uh, Paul was saying to his spiritual son that, listen, Christianity is hardness. It means Christianity entails suffering. There is some amount of suffering in Christianity. Do not be a wimp. Do not be somebody who's always running. No, help me. Oh, help me. Oh, help me. No, 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 no. There are times you have to suffer in silence. And that's the will of God. The Bible says that in Jesus, this is talking about Jesus, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Jesus suffered so that he would learn obedience. When Paul was called in Acts chapter 9, what God said was that to Ananias was that I will show him how much he has to suffer for my sake. You think it was just Paul he was talking to? Do you think he was talking about Paul alone? No, he was talking about you and I. We will have to suffer a lot. For him, it's part of the gospel. It's that side of the gospel we don't preach. It's, him, it's the little, uh, what do you call it, prints, the little, we hide it in the, the small prints. Uh, you know, when they give you the contract, there the, the are small, some small prints. Which it is only when you have in, you are in the uh, contract that you you go and say something. Say, oh, it's in the, in the contract. Go and read. You can't get out for twenty four months. You, you thought you got, got a phone for free? No. You have to pay and pay and pay. Even when the phone is lost, you still have to continue to pay. It's terms uh, uh, TNT, TNC, TNC applies, and they are small prints. Small prints. So we don't normally talk about sufferings. But here, the spiritual father is about to go. So he doesn't want to leave his spiritual children confused when suffering comes. He says that, listen, suffering is part of ministry. It's part of Christianity. So accept it. Sometimes you pray, 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 pray. But God will not answer it. For this one thing, I sought the Lord many times. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. He didn't say I'll do it. He says that, don't worry, you get through. My grace is okay, it's sufficient. So when you're going through difficulty, my brother, my sister, it's part of the work with God. It's not always hunky-dory. It's not always Christianity. It's not that, that gospel that we preach. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Rest. No, no, no. It says that rest through the problems. He said that a problem will be taken. Mean that in the problem, I'll give you sleep. You will sleep. You have blessed assurance that I'm with you, even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. Are, are you with me? Am I preaching to ministers? Or oh, I said, am I preaching to ministers? Suffering is part of this walk with God. Amen. Endure afflictions. Though he slays me, yet will I trust him. Endure affliction. What is affliction? Affliction is pain that is inflicted on a, a person. Endure pain. It is not a very, very uh, popular scripture or part of preach, preaching that we are used to, isn't it? Then he goes on, do the work. You see, in all your doings, don't forget the work of the evangelist. Even though you may not be an evangelist, do the work of an evangelist, which means that make sure you constantly and continuously tell others about the good news. It's a shame that we have turned the work of the evangelist as a one Saturday afternoon time work. And even that we struggle with it. No, 
it is supposed to be something we do as part of our lifestyle. Doing the work of an evangelist is part of our lifestyle. Not unless you don't come to my space. When you come to my space, you will hear the gospel. You know, now my work colleagues, they watch the, the live uh, stream every Sunday. And today, when I got to work, they had planned that they would tell me that I should mention their names at the beginning of the preaching. Because they are going to be watching with their husbands and their wives. So I should mention their names. So I said, okay, I'm not going to mention all of your names at the go. So I'll take one person. I'll mention one person one Sunday. I'll mention. <laughs> you know, so that. Because they have, they have to always watch. Yeah. So the first person was screaming. I said, you, you, this Sunday, I'll mention your name. So this Sunday, somebody should remind me to mention Lisa. Yeah. I said, I'll mention your name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making, I'm doing the work of an evangelist. I won't talk to you. I won't preach in, at work with, to you. But watch and listen. Is it not the gospel? Yeah. Would it not affect you? We find ways to to do the work. So, uh, uh, and these days, when they write things, then they'll confront you. Uh, you said this year, uh, yesterday, the other day when you were preaching. <laughs> you said, and you said that the other day. What does it mean? Explain. Somebody should remind me to mention Lisa and her husband, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> they will be watching on Sunday hallelujah are, are you learning something okay I'm glad you are learning something do the work of an evangelist then he goes on to say fulfill or make full proof of your ministry make full proof of your ministry that means that make sure that by the time you are checking out they would know that you came and that you did what you were called to do. Are you with me? So, because the proof of anything is the legacy they leave behind. Are you getting it? If you say somebody was a good person, it means that by the time they were leaving, they had done so many good things. Like uh, you have um, uh, uh, Dorcas. Dorcas was a good person. Even when she died, they refused to bury her. Because she was a good person. When they brought uh, Peter to come, they showed Peter the tunics, everybody's jumper that Dorcas had made. It means that Dorcas, they showed uh, Peter the full proof of Dorcas's ministry. Hallelujah. So make full proof of your ministry. And, and my, my, my curiosity was aroused when I read this scripture. How can we make full proof of our ministry? How is it, how can we do what we do so that we, we will become approved of God as ministers? Now the word minister is, is, is just a servant. We are all servants of God. Are you with me? We are all servants of God. Some of us, we think that being a servant of God means that you must stand behind the pulpit. Not necessarily so. Are you, are you, are you with me? There are, there are different ministries that is to the church. There's ministries to the church and ministry for the church. The two are not the same. Can I explain it to you? Ministry for the church is what we do. Sing in the choir, I usher, I take pictures, I work on the projector, I do play instrument. Those are ministry in the church. But we can do another type of ministry that is for God outside for the church. 
Amen. Like what I was just talking about. It was ministry for the church, but it wasn't in the church. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that it doesn't, it does not exclude those who are not, who don't do spiritual things. So that's for me, I, I work, make money, and I am a giver. You are working for the church. Did you understand that? Say, for instance, your tithe is a tenth, it's a tenth of your income, your hard work, but it's to the church. So that time, the tenth of your work outside at work is to the church. Am I making sense now? Are you understanding it? Yeah. So there, there is ministry that is in the church and ministry without, that's outside the church. Those two are all ministry that we must make full proof of. But for the sake of uh, uh, our teaching or our study, I'm going to limit it to just ministry in the church. Is that okay? Can I take off? Okay. Right. So how can we make full proof of our ministry? How can we maximize what we do? Or the gift of God in our lives. How can we maximize it? What is it that we can do that will make us become the best, the ultimate that we could become? What is it? The first thing, number one, that you can do or that you need to do, you and I need to do to enable us to make full proof of our ministry is... I'm looking at, I've written a lot of things, so I'm trying to cut all of them because it's a long thing, but maybe I should, I should do it. Remember Ephesians 4.11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some, uh, some evangelists, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work of the ministry, isn't it? To, to, for equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the defining of the body of Christ. That we be no more children come together with the fullness of the stature of um, a perfect man or the fullness of the stature of uh, Christ. Amen. Right. That is giving us trainers for the work of ministry. Are you with me? Part of the work of ministry is when you are called to be a prophet, called to be a, uh, an apostle, called to be a pastor, called to be a, an evangelist, called to be a teacher. That's all part but aside from that, your singing is also a ministry. Are you with me? Your uh, ushering is also a ministry. All those, remember uh, um, uh, uh, Acts, when they said that we will not leave the work of ministry and serve tables. So they gathered Stephen and Cole to take care of the daily distribution. All those things are also part of ministry. Am I making sense? Okay. Second, Second Corinthians 6 3. We give no offenses, offense in anything, that our ministry may not be blamed. So it means your ministry can be blamed, isn't it? But in all things, we command, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, and needs, and in distresses. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us a ministry of reconciliation. So in case you are doubting whether you are a minister, know in verse 18 that God has given you a ministry of reconciliation. Isn't it? Can you see it? Christ has given all of us a ministry. That means that you have a ministry. A ministry is a, a job. He's giving you a ministry to make sure you bring people to him. Reconcile people who are, that people who have gone away from him. Bring them back to him. So we all have that ministry. Hallelujah. Apart from the prophets, ministers, and everything, God has also given us different ministries. 
We all have a ministry. All of us in this room have a ministry or another. How can we make foolproof of it? The first thing we need to do that will help us, enable us to make foolproof of our ministry is to learn the mystery of availability. Someone say the mystery of availability. Say it again. The mystery. What is a mystery? A mystery is something you can't easily understand. Are you with me? It's not, you can't quite place a finger on it. But it's there. It's like a phantom, but it's there. It works. It's, it's mysterious. You can't easily understand it. But it's something that works. Amen. Remember um, in Acts chapter 1. Um, I think verse 6. I'm, I'm not sure. Look for, look for it for me. Verse 6. It says that we need to find somebody. Uh, 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 no, no, no. Uh, it's it's uh, down. After Jesus had left. I think 10 there about. We needed, that's the last, the last verses, the last two verses in Acts chapter 1. They wanted to find a replacement for Judas. How many remember that story? Uh, 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 no, go up a little bit to where they wanted to find a replacement for Judas. I think 23, 22, 23. Huh? 21. Therefore, Twenty-one. Therefore, these men accompanied us. No, no. Twenty. Go to twenty. No. Nineteen. Twenty-two. Okay, twenty-two. Beginning with the... So they said, let us find somebody that has accompanied with us from John's baptism to the resurrection. So they are trying to find somebody to replace Judas. And they said that the criteria we're going to use is somebody who has been with us from beginning. In chapter 4, verse 13, when Peter and uh, um, uh, John healed the, the crippled man at the gates, at the entrance of the, of the temple, the, the Bible said, and they took notice. He said, and now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that these are uneducated and trained men. And they marveled and they realized or they took notice that they had been with the Lord. They had been, my friend, are you with me? They had been with Jesus. Are you with me? They realized that these guys had been available to the ministry of Jesus. That is the reason why they could do the work that Jesus was doing. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? You see, I, 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 let me give you the definition of availability. It's English, isn't it? Availability means the quality of being able to be used or obtained. Availability is the quality. Someone say the quality. The quality is a quality trait of being able to be used or obtained. Now think about it. If I want to use Eunice, she's always there for me to use her. It means she's available. If I want to use Eunice and I can't find Eunice, then it means Eunice is not available. The mystery of making foolproof of your ministry requires that as much as lies within your power, you are available all the time. Are you with me? Because if you, don't, if you are not available, you cannot make foolproof of your ministry. I'm taking my time. Because I want you to understand it. Another definition of availability is the state of being otherwise unoccupied. Freedom to do something. 
the state of being otherwise unoccupied. The freedom to do something. You see, sometimes you can be around, but you are not available. You are always around, but you are not available. Because we don't have the freedom to make you do something. So technically, you are not available. But you're always around. I'm taking my time. I'm very, very deliberate what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You can be around all the time. But you're not available. In fact, when, when we want something done, we don't think about you. It means you are not available. Even though you are always around. Remember Jesus had two Judases. <coughs> Judas Iscariot and Judas not Iscariot. He was always around. The one is not, not Iscariot. He was always around from the beginning of the baptism. He was always around. But like any other thing, he was dead. We never heard of him till the Bible ended. His name, he was a disciple, but his name was never mentioned. He was mentioned when these are the disciples, the list. That was where we got him. And that was it. Let, let, let me let me let me let me backtrack a little bit. You, you remember uh, 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 there was a time that uh, Barnabas and Paul were going on a missionary journey, and Barnabas wanted to take um, John Mark with them, and Paul was saying that this John Mark guy, I don't want him. I don't, in fact, John Mark was the reason why Barnabas and Saul split up. Is it Barnabas or Silas? One of them. They split up because of that. But in the later Gospels, he said, when you are coming, bring John Mark with you. Because he is profitable for the ministry. The first time, he was not profitable. But later on, he says that he is what? Profitable for the ministry. Which means that he was not available at the beginning. But he was always around. But at the point, he became profitable. So you can be around, but not profitable. I know what I'm doing. Don't think I'm lost. I'm not lost. We don't have the freedom to use you to do something. We have to, you know that some people when you send them, you, 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 you have to even apologize. Do you understand? You, you, it's like, oh, I'm sorry for, I'm, I, I beg you, I apologize for the inconvenience. inconvenience. It won't take too long. You should be patient. My, my pastor will call me at 3 a.m. He's having diarrhea. And then he calls me, Christopher, go and buy me a modium. Go and look for 3 a.m. I'm driving the whole of London looking for a modium for my pastor. I don't know why you're laughing. I don't know why you're laughing. But I'm trying to teach you something. I was not the only guy in the church. But he knew it doesn't matter the the time of day. If he calls me, I will be there. I was the one that had the keys of the church. Yeah. And I'll go, the, the instruments, I was the one who kept the keys to the instruments. 
I go and pick the instruments, come and arrange them at 5 a.m. before church starts. Anything pastor wants, he just calls me, get it, and then I go and get it. Is it any wonder I'm standing here today? I'm teaching you the mystery of being available. Some of us, we are so busy. We cannot be used for anything. That is why you cannot make full proof of your ministry. Even though you may have a calling, it will not amount, it will not reach the height it needs to reach. Hallelujah. Am I teaching somebody something? Remember Paul, uh, Peter and John go and buy food. We have fed the 5,000. Go and pick the leftovers. The people are pressing onto, onto me. Become my bodyguard. Always available. Always around. Always around. It's no wonder the signs and wonders, as soon as Jesus left, they were the ones doing the signs and wonders. They were always available. It's a mystery. You, you know, I, I've always wondered, how come 99% of great pastors, their wives are also able to preach and do things? Have you re- re- wondered why? How many know what I'm talking about? Even if they are not preachers, they can do, they can preach. They have a certain amount of calling, amount of anointing. Why? Because they are always available. It means they are, you see, because it's a mystery. You don't know how it happens. But once you are around the, the center, in the center, around the center, on the center circle, some amount of anointing will be transferred to you. There are some people who try, when they come to, they stay far miles away from the man of God. <laughs> Re- remember, remember the, 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 the sons of the prophets in First Kings. You remember the sons of the prophets from 19 onwards. They were like, do you know that your master will, take, will, take, uh, 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 will be taken away from you? Elijah said, yeah. hold your peace. They were standing afar off. <laughs> the sons of the prophets, they were always afar off. Giving commentary. Giving commentary. <laughs> from a distance. Do you know your, fa- your, 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 your father will be taken away from you? Hold your peace. Elisha was around. Elisha asked. Let me not jump ahead of myself. But when Elijah was taken away and the mantle was handed over to Sons of the uh, handed over to Elisha. Guess who came to serve Elisha? <laughs> the sons of the prophets who were far off. They were the ones who came to serve. In Second Kings, the Bible says that he was sleeping in a room with them, and they said that oh, the place that I think chapter six, they, the place that we, we dwell is too straight for us. It's too small. G- uh, 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 come with us. Let us go and chop some sticks and come and build a bigger barn. And they went to chop sticks and uh, and the, the axe hell fell in the water. And was, alas, master, it was a borrowed axe. It was a borrowed one. Then he asked, where did this axe for? Axe head for? Then they said, oh, it fell here. They said, give me a stick. He put a stick there. And then the axe head swam to the top. And he picked, he picked it. Do you not know that the sons of prophets were there before Elijah spoke to Elisha? When Elijah, Elisha was farming, plowing his asses with his 12 ox, yoke of oxen. They were there. They were sons of the prophets, but always far. They were not accessible. And it's no wonder the anointing bypassed them. And they had to go and serve the one who came and came close. 
available. 2 Kings 3, 11. Second Kings 3, 11. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here. But we don't uh, know his uh, level of anointing. We have never heard him preach or do miracles. All we know was that when Elijah, the prophet, the man of God was around, Elijah just used to pour water on his hands. That's all we know him to do. He was just Elijah's servant. Immediately, Jehoshaphat, who is an experienced king, said, go and bring him. For the word of God is in his mouth. If he has been accessible and available to the man of God, I can assure you that the word of God is in his mouth. Hallelujah. Verse 12, isn't it? Word of God is in his mouth. So the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, king of Edom, went down to him. And when they went down to him, he prophesied to them. Gave them the word. What they didn't know was that Elisha had received a double portion of the anointing that was on Elijah. Why? Because he had become available. Available. You remember what he said to Eli? 2 Kings 2.20. 2 Kings 2.20. He said, so... He said, this is Eli, Elijah said to Elisha, you have asked a hard thing. Second Kings, are you in second Kings? Two, I'm, I'm in verse 10. You have asked for a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you can be available to me, to me till I'm taken, then the anointing will come to you. If only you can endure and be around me long enough to the end, then you will receive the anointing. Availability is a mysterious thing. Can I give you the reason why availability is a, 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 a brings anointing? Number one, availability gives you experience that is not written. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Acts chapter 1. Listen to what uh, uh, Luke wrote. He says that the former treatise, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to what? To teach. There were some things that Jesus taught, but there were some things that Jesus did. There were things that he did, but he did not teach. You have to be close by to see him doing it. Are you getting it? There are some things that being with my pastor, all the years I was with him, I've learned. He has never written in any book. He has never taught it on any tape. You only catch it when you're close. One of the things I learned from my, my pastor is to be very, very, you should be a man of integrity. Not misuse funds, church funds. I learned it from him. He's never written it in any book. The other thing I learned from him is that never owe. Never be in debt. If you don't have, you don't buy. You, have you heard me preach it, preach it before? I won't preach it. But it's something I live by. I am not in any kind of competition with anybody. We wanted to to soundproof this this room. We did one window. The rest of the windows were left for a long time. We were here as if we didn't know what we were doing. Then we we'll come back again, do one window, and then we are there. 
Then do one window. Come in here. Then do another window. When we started, all our equipment were all second hand. The drums we were using, we bought it 180 pounds. Is that 180 pounds? 75 pounds. For four or five years, the, the drum sometimes is like this. See, when it's standing, you will see that it's like this, but it's like that. We just prop it nicely. It's there. Safe ankle. You'll be, you have to be around to know that. You are preaching, Pastor. You won't know. You say, ah, they, say they just started. They bought a building, look at somebody. It doesn't work like that. They must have a lot of money. No, 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 no. It's, you don't use money to do anything. It is wisdom. And good management. My, my pastor taught me that even one penny counts. Sure. He'll send you, you go, and then he's like the penny, you can't give account of the penny that he sent you. You, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed how he'll grill you for that one penny. You say, ah, but, but pastor is doing too much. This one penny too. It was a lesson I was learning. He never bought cheap, but he bought quality at the cheapest price. So he always has time. Oh, we want to buy drums. Let's give ourselves six months to buy drums. I mean, you walk into the shop, Within five minutes, you are coming out with a drum set. No, 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 my, my pastor. We are going to come from Edinburgh to Sussex to look for a drum kit. The best drum kit. That's the cheapest. No wonder we bought a, a, a church building, three and a half million pounds in London. People were shocked. And my pastor taught me one other thing. Should I give you? I'm giving you a lot of secrets. It's okay, Ashish. If you are here on Wednesday, then I think you deserve. He taught me never raise funds if you don't have the money. It's mysterious. So it's like, oh, we want to buy a puppet. Everybody, two, 200 pounds, 300 pounds, 100 pounds. No, we have bought the thing already. The money is there. The, what we are collecting now is just top up. Because you say you are, you are raising funds for this puppet. You raise funds. You, raise, you, you see when you say people are coming. The, uh, 600 pounds. They are coming. It's empty envelopes. They never bring it back. Those envelopes they take, they never bring it back. Meanwhile, the church member will sit in and say, hey, today uh, uh, there were 600, six, six, uh, 10 people came for 600, so we have 6,000. And then uh, 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 five people came for 200, so we have uh, 1,000, that's 7,000. Then 50, uh, it was only uh, uh, 20 people came for 50. Look at somebody, it's calculated. Then after six months, the puppy still hasn't come. We collected the money. We got 7,000, whatever. Why hasn't the puppet come? They have stopped our money. <laughs> what they don't realize is that the money never came. The money never came. <laughs> oh, you're preaching, Pastor. But availability will teach you. Because he never preached anything like that. When you're around, you see, stand, and you see, not being around, just be around. No, be close. I was always close. Yeah. So I knew how things work. I knew, I saw how things are done. And I, my, my personal life, he told me, never ever borrow money. Never take loan for this. No, no, no. Never borrow money from church member. Even when you are dying. <laughs> My pastor taught me never borrow even one pound. Good counsel. There's nobody in this room who can say that I've borrowed one pound from me. In Jesus name. Never. And it will never happen. <laughs> it will never ever happen. 
have to look at the pastor. Me, I'm the one who gives him money. We only gave him 50 pounds. I'm the one who's been looking after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at somebody. Availability number one gives you experience. Experience that you have. You see, you can be very experienced and you will use that we just came. Look, look at it this way. I was thinking about this today. Remember, Paul just came. The other disciples had been there for a long time. But it seems as if Paul just came and he was doing a lot of things. He was like writing letters, doing business. He was very, very experienced. How did Paul become so experienced? Paul was a student of Gamaliel. So he was with, with Gamaliel for a long time. And then when he left Gamaliel, he went under the wings of Ananias and stayed with Ananias for a while. Are you getting? Then Silas took him on for a bit. So he was learning for a while. He didn't just appear. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. A certain brother came to this church. He said he wanted me to make him a pastor. He was in so much of a hurry. I'm making pastor. When he saw that I wasn't making pastor, he just disappeared. The next day I heard he was a pastor. I told him something. For you to walk to the pulpit is the easiest thing. You don't need any work. Isn't it? But to stand behind the pulpit for years, that is where the problem is. So you see, the training is giving you experience to be able to stand behind the pulpit for a long time. Not to ascend the pulpit because that's what the ascension to the pulpit is. Today, I can call it from today, you have made you the pastor. That's it. You are the pastor. But how long you will last behind the pulpit, that one is a different thing. (laughs) How many hours would you last? What have you been through? What have you survived? What have you experienced? Have you been available to learn? 